What's up, guys? Welcome to the American Sports Podcast. It's Sam here today with another solo pod. And this is the final part of my solo NFL preview going over each division. And we've got the NFC West today, arguably the most competitive division in the entire NFL. So it's going to be a lot of fun talking about them, that's for sure. Plenty of playoff teams, I'll tell you that. Still got three spots left, so we'll go over that in a second. But as always, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. If you're on Spotify, drop a like, follow, all that type of stuff. Because I really appreciate it. And this pre- this uh, previous series has been really, really fun. So far, I've done the entire AFC, so check those out. And the other three divisions of the NFC as well. So check all seven of those parts out, plus this one. So let's get right into it. So... As we've done before, we basically just go over the te- the roster of the team. We do fantasy projections, stuff like that. 2021 draft talk a little bit. And we just analyze the entirety of each team pretty much. Basically, start to finish, and we go from the last place team to the first place team in each division. And so I'll st- with the most stacked division in the entire NFL, I'll start with the, the bottom team, and that's the L.A. Rams. It's 7-9, and nine, probably the worst jerseys in the league, and they're the worst team in the NFC West, even though they're 7-9, and nine, which isn't even bad at all for any team, really, but still last in the division because it's so good. And so the Rams did lose a lot, a lot of cap casualties. They still have Jared Goff at quarterback, though. They've got a whole new running back room, really. Cam Akers is the, the rookie. He's the new guy. I expect him to take over the majority of reps as we get into the season. Uh, he's got Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson to help him up, though. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup headline the receiving core. They lost Brandon Cook, so it's just those two. And then they've got two good tight ends and Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. The offensive line is it's, it's a bit shaky, but Andrew Whitworth, who's like 38 years old, I mean, he's still very good, though. He's still their left tackle. Otherwise, I mean, they traded for Austin Corbett, I believe, with the Browns. And they've got Rob Havenstein at right tackle, I'm pretty sure. But otherwise, it's not the best O-line, I would say. But good enough offense for Sean McVay to work with and have a decent team with, I believe. On defense, you know, it's Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And then not the best everywhere else. I mean, those two guys are absolute studs. But otherwise, they don't have very good edge rushing. They added Leonard Floyd, but and they added Leonard Floyd and Terrell Lewis. Actually, still not. Don't expect either to become elite with the Rams, and they have a whole big hole at middle linebacker after losing Corey Littleton. So their front seven's a little bit shaky, and then their cornerback group after Jalen Ramsey is also a bit shaky. So you know their safety duo of. Taylor Rapp and John Johnson is pretty nice, but they don't really have a complete defense or a complete offense, really. And uh, they lost Dante Fowler. They lost Brandon Cooks, as I said before. They lost Todd Gurley. just feels like they lost a lot more than they gained this uh, this offseason. So, you know, in the stacked division, they finished last, unfortunately, even though they're just two seasons removed from a Super Bowl berth. I just don't see it happening this year. So 
In terms of fantasy, as I said before, I like Cam Akers as a sleeper. He's the Rams running back I buy into. I think Robert Woods is going to be very, very good. He was probably a top 15 receiver in full PPR last year, and he only had two reception touchdowns. So expect that number to go up and expect him to be very good. Plus, with Brandon Cook's gone, better workload. Same thing with Cooper Cup. He was very good in the first half of last year, fizzled out a little bit, but I expect very good production from those two all around. And then Tyler Higby is also pretty high on most people's tight ends rankings. I'm a little bit worried about him, though, because they've got Gerald Everett as well, as I said before. Two good tight ends, and I don't really trust Tyler Higby because of that. So 2021 draft, they actually don't have a first-rounder because they traded to Jacksonville in the Jalen Ramsey trade, so they just don't have the draft capital to make a big splash there, which will definitely hurt them. So, you know, it's uh, they may have to do a little bit of rebuilding, honestly. I mean, they made some bad decisions with their money uh, in the past two or three years, and they're getting burned right now because of it. But, you know, they've started to alleviate that by getting rid of Gurley and Cooks, at least. So that just about wraps up our Rams analysis. Have them at 7-9. and nine. Our third-place team making the playoffs at the Arizona Cardinals at 10-6. and six. A lot of people haven't bought into them, but let me, let me go over one thing. So... They're kind of like the Browns a little bit in makeup. Like, they've got Oklahoma QB, Kyler Murray, undersized. Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma QB, undersized. Not the best O-line, which is what Baker had uh, on the Browns in 2019. And then they added the big, big wide receiver. Have a good um, supporting cast around Kyler, that's for sure. DeAndre Hopkins and then Odell with uh, Baker. So, with all those parallels being said... Here are the three differences and why Kyler Murray is going to shine in year two that he has with Baker Mayfield. Number one, he's got a better coach. He's got Cliff Kingsbury. Last year, Baker Mayfield had Freddie Kitchens. The discord was quite palpable. Anybody could tell. But I think Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are a perfect blend of offense. Number two, I think um, I think Kyler just has a better head on his shoulders. Like I think he's more focused. You know, you saw Baker doing like six different TV ads the year before he was supposed to break out, and then he sucked. I think Kyler just is more focused on winning and is just just a better head on his shoulders overall. And third, the media isn't hyping up Arizona nearly as much as they did the Browns. So I think having that, having less hype, being more of an underdog will definitely help them to make the playoffs this year. So Arizona's really my sleeper team. I really, really like them. Kyler Murray might get a high award from me. Kiss, stay tuned for uh, NFL predictions, blogs, stuff like that. I'll do my awards, maybe podcasts as well. Just a hint there. But um, I really like Kyler and the Cardinals. We'll go over their roster. Kyler's obviously their QB. Kenyon Drake returns for a full season with the Cards as their running back. Added DeAndre Hopkins, a receiver, plus they have Christian Kirk and Larry Fitz as well. On the O-line, they got DJ Humphreys, who they re-signed at left tackle. They drafted Josh Jones as well. And other than that, it's not the best O-line, but I think it's solid enough for Kyler to be good. Defense is much, much improved. They added Jordan Phillips, uh, D-tackle, 
and they have Chandler Jones back on the edge. Added Isaiah Simmons, the rookie out of Clemson. He's probably going to do it all for them, honestly, at linebacker, edge, safety maybe. Plus, they added Devondre Campbell and Devon Kennard. So just a lot of good linebackers, including Jordan Hicks, who led the league in tackles, by the way. And also their secondary is very good as well with Patrick Peterson and Byron Murphy, who hopefully can mature, and Buda Baker at safety. So especially with Isaiah Simmons and those other additions and the maturation of Byron Murphy, I think this defense will be much, much, much better. And I think the offense will be very good as well. So 10-6 and six is where I put them at. In terms of fantasy, I really like Kyler Murray, obviously. He can run the ball, pass the ball, do all that. Kenny Drake I also really like. He broke out with the cards at the end of last year, and I don't see that to change in year two with Arizona. I also like DeAndre Hopkins, although not, you know, switching teams may not benefit him. I mean, maybe it will. I don't know. He was a top five receiver last year, and he probably should be again. But switching teams may hurt his production a little bit. It might be a better move for Kyler than it is for D-Hop is kind of what I'm saying. But at least for at least for this season, but still invest in D Hop if you if you want. You know, if you really want D Hop, then I'm not gonna say that's a bad move at all. Otherwise not a ton of fa fantasy relevance, but those three guys are definitely gonna win some leagues, I would say. And in terms of twenty twenty one draft, I definitely see them going with O line like the Browns did for Baker this year. I think O line should be their number one priority. For Kyler, but I do have them making the playoffs, unlike the Browns. And you know, if they miss the playoffs, then you know I'll know to not get on hype trains like this. But I think this year, it's really gonna pan out for those three reasons that I stated before. So, ten and six, seventh seed in the NFC, and they finished third in the NFC West. So, the number two team in the NFC West, I have the San Francisco 49ers at 11-5. So they get the sixth seed in the NFC, just one behind the Bucks, And so that means I've revealed my number one seed. We'll go into them in just a minute. But we've got the San Francisco 49ers, and a lot of people have them repeating winning the NFC West. But... I noticed a trend for the past six or seven years that the t NFC team that goes to the Super Bowl or wins the Super Bowl does not win the division the year after very often. You know, it, I don't think it's happened since the Seahawks did that in like 2013 or 2014. Just look it up. Literally look it up on Wikipedia, all the past NFC teams in the Super Bowl, and you'll see. But I think the 49ers will still be playoff bound. They basically return everybody, or they found good replacement replacements for everybody. So on offense, Jimmy G is their quarterback again. Plus they added Jarek McKinnon back from injury in their running back group, and they still have Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert, so they're still stacked there. They'll, their running game will be very good again. Their O-line, they actually added Trent Williams at left tackle after Joe Staley retired. So that's definitely a very good replacement there if he plays like he did before he got injured with the uh, Washington Redskins. And also on their O-line, Mike McGlinchey, very good young right tackle. And otherwise, I think they could use an upgrade on the interior line 
but it's definitely good enough for them to run over opponents. Plus, they added Brandon Ayuk with the first round in the draft. Debo Samuel, the second-year pro, is still there. Injuries have been a concern for him because he might miss part of the season. But they've got George Kittle at tight end, best blocking tight end in the league, and at least the second-best receiving tight end in the league. I expect him to get a lot of receptions if Debo Samuel misses time because the Niners need those receivers. So, you know, I really think George Kittle's going to have an even bigger role this year. The defense is basically the same. They traded DeForest Buckner for his first rounder. Then they used that first rounder on Javon Kinlaw, who is basically just a cheaper version of Buckner, who's more pass rushing oriented, but he's going to step right into Buckner's role. So they did resign Eric Armstead on the edge. Still got D Ford and Nick Bosa also on the edge. Solomon Thomas there. So very good D line. Plus Fred Warner developing. Hopefully, Quan Alexander. Is back for a full year after being injured. Dre Greenlaw broke out. So, all in all, this is probably the best front seven in the league. But their secondary got exposed against the Chiefs. Will more teams do that this year? Probably. Because Richard Sherman and that secondary got absolutely exposed. Richard Sherman is still, quote-unquote, one of the best corners in the league. I don't really buy that. You know, maybe he'll play his role well, you know, but he doesn't have the elite athletic tools that are needed for an elite cornerback right now. Maybe he did back on the Seahawks, but after that Achilles injury, I don't really see it. So, but he'll be, you know, good enough for him. But when it comes to when they play guys like Tyree Kill, it's kind of, it's going to be rough. That's for sure. And no no other real additions with the secondary which i think was a mistake because that was why they lost the super bowl so they were like a 12 minutes away from winning a super bowl and the secondary blew it and they don't do anything to fix that like i think that was a huge huge mistake but you know john lynch is a good gm he'll do something eventually so still a very very good roster you know, they'll probably be a bit more predictable this year because teams know they're going to want to run the ball. They've got a great front seven, so they're going to try to stop the run and they're going to try to pass over the top. So, you know, I think that'll result in a bit more L's, plus a harder schedule, but still 11-5, and five, not shabby at all. Then in terms of the draft, I think a cornerback or a safety is going to be necessary or, as I said before, an interior alignment. So that would be an easy pick for me. So yeah, that's our second place team right there. 11-5, sixth seed in the NFC right there, the San Francisco 49ers. And then the first place team in the NFC West in your American sports predictions, it's the Seattle Seahawks getting the NFC West title and getting the second seed in the NFC with an 11-5 and record, getting the tiebreaker over the 49ers, I guess. This was done by playoffpredictors.com. And I trust that. I think the Seahawks would win a tiebreaker. You know, they were so close to getting home field advantage last year. And they barely lost to the uh, the 49ers. So, you know, we gave it to them this year. They win the division. And we'll go over their roster. Russell Wilson, still one of the best QBs in the league. Chris Carson, hopefully he'll, re he'll return healthy uh, for that running back group. Hopefully Rashad Penny can be healthy as well. And what they drafted DJ Dallas as well, and I think they signed Carlos Hyde. So plenty of depth there. 
In terms of wide receivers, Tyler Lockett is back. DK Metcalf is ascending. He's one of the best red zone targets in the league, or he's going to be at least. Hopefully Will Disley returns healthy, and they also signed Greg Olson. So that's a lot of good weapons for Russ, but the O-line is absolutely terrible outside of Dwayne Brown. Uh, but Russ really hasn't had very good O-lines in his career, so will that stop him? Probably not. You know, maybe Seahawks just have good O-line coaching and they can get by with, uh, with subpar linemen, but... They're pretty bad in the trenches this year, that's what I'll say. But they added some difference makers elsewhere. And as I said before, bad in the trenches. Their D-line also sucks. They lost to Davion Clowney, who didn't even produce much, but still a pretty big loss. They've only got Jaron Reed, pretty much. Hopefully last year's first-rounder, LJ Collier, can produce, but that's looking like one really bad pick right there right now. But then you get to the linebackers, and it's one of the best groups in the league. You've got Bobby Wagner, best middle linebacker in the league. Drafted Jordan Brooks with a first-rounder this year. K.J. Wright still there. And then guys like Ben Burkirvan and Cody Barton going into their second year. So they'll probably be able to clean up the run game. And then their secondary hopefully can clean up the passing game. They traded for Jamal Adams, obviously. Best strong safety in the league. And they traded for Marquise Blair last year. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. They traded for Quandre Diggs. Marquise Blair is also there. He was a second or third rounder in uh, 2019. So, so yeah, those three guys at safety. Then cornerback Shaq Griffin is a young cornerback. One for them. And uh, they, they added Quinton Dunbar. I actually don't know how Quinton Dunbar's legal case is going right now. But as... I think he's playing. I'm pretty sure he's playing. But even if he's not, they've got good cornerback depth anyway. So it's they're going to be bad in the trenches, but everywhere else they should be just fine. And I think, you know, he had probably a worse team last year, so I believe Russ can pull it out with uh, the weapons he has and everything else on their team. So fantasy. Russ is still a top quarterback there as well, even though he doesn't run the ball as much. I really like DK Metcalf because he's a very big red zone target. I like him for this year. Tyler Lockett fizzled out last year, but he's still a good enough pick. But I'd probably even go DK Metcalf as ADP over him. And Chris Carson has just been consistent over the past few years. If he avoids injury, then he'll be a good RB2 for you at least. So... Those, uh, I think that was four guys, will be good enough. Greg Olson may have some relevance. I don't know, maybe. But with Will Disley there as well, probably not. He's aging, so stick with those four guys, I would say. Maybe the defense if you got a good matchup. But, I mean, it's a stacked division, so you're not really going to want to. If they have a divisional matchup, you're not really going to want to start their defense. And then in terms of draft, they traded away their first rounder in the Jamal Adams trade. Uh, but with any other picks they have, they've got to go O-line or D-line, no question about that. They're fine everywhere else, but in the trenches, they stink. That's the truth. But they've been able to get by with that issue in years past, so I don't really doubt that they will this year. Whew, man. A lot of talking. I think I've said this after pretty much all podcasts. A lot of talking. 
all off the cuff. I don't know if that's the expression, but it's all off the top of my head. That's all the information I have in my brain on the NFC West. And those are my predictions as well. Just to recap, Seahawks number one in the division, second seed in the NFC at 11-5. and five. San Francisco 49ers number two in the NFC West, 11-5 as well, getting the sixth seed in the NFC. And then number three, Arizona Cardinals at 10-6, and six, getting the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs. And then the LA Rams rounding it out at 7-9, last in the NFC West. But it's going to be such a competitive division. The Rams could very easily win the division, for, for all I know. I mean, they've got Ramsey, AD, and Sean McVay as their offensive guru. So, I mean, they could very well win the division. This is how competitive the NFC West is going to be. It could be reverse order, that's all I'm saying. Seahawks could be last, Rams could be first. So, you know... We'll see how it all pans out. This is how I see it going, though. And maybe maybe you'll agree with me after listening to this. So, as always, go to americansports.blog for my blog. YouTube, American Sports, just American Sports in your search bar. And Instagram, at American Sports Blog. Twitter, at American Sports N. Drop a review on Apple Podcasts. Drop a like, follow on Spotify and Anchor. And we'll be all set. So hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a nice day. Peace out.